Hey friends, thank you so much for joining for another amazing episode. But before we get started, I have a quick announcement and I'm going to make it quick, I promise. Now, remember we're talking about the contest. It starts this week for 10 weeks leading up to my 100th episode. Also, we're looking for 10,000 downloads and not to mention the Olympics is right at the end of our contest. So here's the thing. This is how you can win on a weekly basis. What I'm asking is everybody to go subscribe, give us a five star, give us a review, uh, screenshot me and tag me on Instagram at sylviedeu underscore cyclist and you will go in to win that week. I will be going on live, well, I'll be making the announcement Friday on my coaching episode as to who wins the prize. So please share this with your friends, go in and put a great comment and put your notifications on. You don't want to miss out your opportunity to win. And I'm going to have an overall prize for everybody who subscribes from now until the end of the contest. Thanks a lot, guys. And I so appreciate you. Have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dow, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out and listening to another episode of our Secrets from the Saddle podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. And I'm super excited to bring to you a local mountain bike coach from Montreal, well, Bromont area, Quebec. And this is Ian, or sorry, Ian Hughes. And he's been in the business of coaching for 20 years, probably 20 plus. And uh, so here's some of his accolades or his certifications behind him. He's an NCCP level four uh, master's coach Olympic level. And he's also a, a learning facilitator for a lot of those programs. He's a level three. And we're going to expand on these, the next two, because one of those is the PMBI. So it's professional mountain bike instructor, which is his passion. And he's going to talk a lot about mountain biking and how he's made it, the coaching into his business and what he's been doing. And then the next one is the GOLH, which I've never heard of. And we're just going to expand on that, which is Great Outdoors Learning Hub Mountain Bike Pro Instructor. So you can tell, just like myself, I love road cycling. He is going to talk your, he's going to tell us all about what he, like his story and what he's been doing and how he's been really putting his passion to work out in the Bromont area, which is a huge hub for mountain bike and track. They have a track, they have an outdoor track, which will soon be an indoor track for this region. So this is super exciting. Um, 
but welcome Ian to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Now, I always like to start with how did you get into mountain biking? Or did you start road cycling first and then transition to mountain biking? No, 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 Just no, no. Just a mountain biker. <laughs> Anyways, awesome. thanks for Let's having me. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I've been mountain biking pretty much my whole life. So, I'm not one of those cyclists that started off in road and after that transition into mountain biking. So, for me, I come from Montreal, so living in inner city. I always had a passion for, for like extreme or uh, you know action sport oriented all stuff you know BMXing skateboard and snowboarding when it was cool so uh, basically I started mountain biking at age 14 and I'm now 45 so I've been mountain biking for a lot of years and basically for us it was street riding so trying to jump um picnic tables and trying to jump staircases and uh, going oh, yeah. to the bell center where the canadians play and there's a big set of stairs over there and just hucking your meat so uh <laughs> yeah it's been it's been pretty cool and i started maybe 14 15 year old and uh, begging my parents to come to bromont or to go to rigaud which is close to you guys oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i've been riding a whole lot in rigaud when i was uh, when i was living in montreal so uh, do they so, have yeah. a good mountain bike trail system there They're, they used they to used have to? an awesome illegal trail system uh, oh. now there's it's true it's true yeah, and yeah. It, there's there, there's like parts of it uh, i think that still exists there's like the big slick rock area so that was really really fun and it's not in it's not at Montrigo it was it was outside of it uh okay. but Montrigo now has really mountain bike programs and stuff like that so you oh, should definitely excellent. check it out yes seriously cool. a nice little center family oriented it's really really fun nice that's a good um that's good to know because i know that there's more more areas from ottawa where i am where people are going and mountain biking like outside the city towards that Most area Mont Sainte Marie is awesome. Oh, Mont Sainte Marie really, is a big really, one. They've really, really cool place. They've done a lot Incredible. of work. Incredible. Yeah, bigger, intermediate, very advanced as well. So there's uh, there's some for everybody. And Camp Fortune is the OG. They've been mm -hmm. around forever. Really technical trails. Really, really yes. fun trails. <laughs> they <Yeah>. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for down downhillers too, they've got a good system because they got exactly. the, the, uh, exactly. the the ski uh, lifts that they use. Exactly. So tell so, yeah. us, yeah, bring us into your, so you got into mountain biking, like as a kid. Now, how did it bring you to where you are now? Well, uh, I, I raced a little bit, but it wasn't for me, it wasn't about racing. It was more about, you know, like self-expression and, you know, riding trails and riding fast and doing tricks and jumps and stuff like that. So I've been in it for pretty much my whole life. As I said, started at 14. And when you go back, it was like uh, late 80s, early 90s. So bikes were really not what they, what they are right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So you had really, really sketchy bikes, dangerous bikes. Uh, and mountain biking was kind of finding its, its way, you know. So there was the big heydays of the 90s. And after that, it died down a little bit. And now we're really booming as well. So yeah, I've I've pretty much seen the, the the development of mountain biking for the last thirty years. So that was that was really really incredible to to see. But uh, yeah, 
nearly play, nearly played pro. Uh, was a goaltender, and I used cycling as a means to train as well. So for me, it wasn't about racing; it was about training, and it was about just learning tricks and having fun in the woods. Um, afterwards, uh, I went to university, and I was done with pretty much my hockey career and I started focusing a lot more on action sports mainly mm -hmm. uh, snowboarding cycling and surfing oh, yeah. as well so oh. that's all passions of mine okay where'd you surf in the Lachine Canal no 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 well there, there's, a, <laughs> there's an awesome place I've uh, heard um, yeah maybe I it's uh it wasn't there back then but it was. It was always okay. there. Uh, it's just now it's popular. But there was just was on set where you could you could surf, you could river surf. But uh, now for me it's trips. It's going to Mexico and going to uh, Central America and surfing. So that's another one of my passions. That's on anyways, my we're, we're, my. That's on my bucket list. Surfing, yeah. Costa Rica. That's where I want to go. Baja California. It's pretty much oh. awesome. Anyways not cycling related uh so so uni and after that uh, started at a club level so i started uh late 90s uh at a club level uh so it was the local club here in bromont and afterwards transitioned into the national cycling center i was the first uh, head coach of the national cycling center in bromont in 2001 okay. and from there my passion for coaching really restarted really and escalated so it's been a good trip that's kind of like the, the year that I started riding as well. And it's funny that you say in the, in the 90s, because I bought my first mountain bike. No shocks, no nothing, like high end for the time, right? Yeah. I still have it. It's just a nice. commuter, but <laughs> quickly upgraded in the, you know, 20, uh, 2001 when yeah. uh, I started mountain bike racing and somebody might... My boyfriend at the time is like, uh, you're not riding with me with that bike. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was like, what? So, uh, so I went and bought a, bought a Brody and I actually still have that too. And I yeah. love it. Classic love Brody, bike. Canadian brand. <gasps> it yeah. shifts. Like it still shifts like it's brand new. I don't know what it is about it, but I'm like, I'll never give up this bike. But so... So you started your coaching in 2000. Now, give us a little bit of rundown because now you're, you're running your own business um, with regards to coaching. But did you, how much time did you work with the National Cycling Center and um, developing athletes there? Well, like I said, started in 2001 and the National Cycling Center is actually an incredible place and I urge everybody to go at least once. Uh, they're getting an indoor velodrome, as you mm -hmm. mentioned. Uh, I think they're, they're, the project is like 15 or 16 million dollars. So it's going yeah. to be a multi-sport center. It's going to be actually incredible. Um, Do you so, happen to know when they're going to break down, break break ground on that? I think it's going to be spring of 2022-ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's it's but it's coming fast. It's coming fast yeah. because they, they already started construction. So, uh, <gasps> so oh, I don't cool. think it's going to be next fall. I think it's going to be like in one year from now, I think they're going to be pretty much up and running. Oh, don't quote awesome. me on that one but uh yeah yeah it's it's really it's really going uh, going fast but anyways oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, at the cycling center i was uh, i was pretty much the first head coach over there and what that taught me is just have a cycling culture 
And as I said, I was really a mountain biker, hardcore mountain biker, but it got me into road cycling. It got me into uh, track cycling as well. So I'm a pretty good coach for, for uh, road and track as well. It's just that I don't enjoy it. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and why not? <laughs> well, I like, seriously, it, it has to do with passion. So I like all things dirt. So oh, gravel bike, yeah. cool, BMX, dirt jumping, mountain biking, of course. Uh, anything that has to do with dirt, I love it. Um, it's just a question of passion. So I wasn't big into road. I've done a lot. But mm -hmm. it wasn't my it wasn't my strong suit. So you, yeah, yeah you just yeah. just pick something that that moves you and go for it. So that's oh, pretty much sure. it. Anyways, sure. um, with the National Cycling Center, and quickly it went to Team Canada. So I started oh. my first international project pro projects in two thousand four, and uh, okay. for me, my passion was always gravity. So it's, uh, it was always downhilling, enduro, uh, dirt jumping as well. So all those kind of outsider sports, non-Olympic sports. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but quickly I, I found a full-time job uh, coaching cross country uh, because it's the Olympic sport and everything and I could get a full-time job. Uh, but I always tried to bring that side, of, that side of me into coaching cross country. So for me, the biggest goal was skill-based. So I wanted mm -hmm. the kids that I was coaching to be really excellent drivers, really excellent mountain bikers. And I was doing intervals and training peaks and all that kind of stuff, but it was never something that moved me. Yeah, uh, It was always like the, the human interaction, coaching on, uh, in the field. So that's <laughs> always something that moved me. Mm -hmm. And now with my business, that's exactly what I'm doing. So the, that passion of coaching technical skills was with me since the early days. And now that I have a business, it gives me the, the, the great gift of doing whatever the hell I want. And <laughs> yeah, entrepreneur. <laughs> and I love coaching mountain bikes and I love coaching technical skills and I don't have to do I think I still have my Training Peaks account open, but I haven't used it in two years. And that was oh, never something that I liked, you know, being on a computer and saying, okay, you need to do three times, four times, five minutes of, I hated it completely. <laughs> I hated it. I was good at it. I was, I was okay. It was part of the job, but it was yeah. never something that moved me. But going on a field with a coach, uh, with, a, with an athlete and figure out ways to be faster, that was fun. That was incredibly moving. I think I can't agree with you more. Um, you know, there is a place for those training programs, maybe like right now, but uh, I love getting out and doing, like I'm coaching as well. And uh, one of those things is like just getting out into the field, like you said, going to the hills, doing some cornering, do some really, a specific stuff that you just can't get on inside on you know even with everybody on you know on those platforms and stuff like that yeah yeah i mean you know they they kill time because we're in quebec and it snows and you can't ride outside well maybe if you fat bike do you fat bike well i was a, a big advocate in outdoors 
like yeah. okay if you want to start a structured training program sometimes you have to hop on a trainer and a turbo trainer and stuff like that and doing mm -hmm. intervals but there's so much that winter has to offer oh yeah you know, walking jogging uh snowshoeing uh Hiking. for me my passions is backcountry skiing and mm -hmm. Now fat biking. Okay, I ha I have to come full disclosure. So okay, I okay, always... let's hear about it. I want to hear what you think okay. about fat biking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are going to throw me rocks. Okay, just don't worry. I'll I'll and I'll and I'll tell you how I feel about it. Okay. <laughs> I was fat biking. It was pretty fun, but usually fat biking is on low angle stuff, and there's it's not very very technical. So I like I said, I really like the gravity. I like gravity stuff. I like you know being scared and hitting technical terrain so that was always my passion so i liked fat biking but not that much in the last three years i didn't even have a fat bike until this year oh I bought, you did i bought an electric fat bike and it's <laughs> a blast it's just super fun <laughs> so i can just motor away and i think that's the only way i'd get on my on a fat bike exactly. again it's like those slow it's slow and clunky it's slow and clunky, but when you're fit, when you're fit, you, you can go really fast on a fat bike. Don't get me wrong, but uh, no, it's uh, it's fun. You know, like last night I, I walked the dog, so I just you know went outside and I climbed the hill and I was into super cool trails. Just gives you a lot of liberty, so it's it's really really fun. So I, I'm a pretty big advocate on electric bikes. I think that there's there's a room for it. Uh, and I think all the all the problems with e-bikes right now. I didn't really want to talk about it, but since we're on the subject, yeah, let's the, let's the get biggest, off and and talk about uh, that. Then I can pull you back to it. Yeah, but the biggest, I guess, the biggest problem with e-bikes is it's always like a, a user uh, problem and not like the e-bikes yeah. per per se. Mm -hmm. Like I've been cycling my whole life. I have a strong cycling culture. I know what it is to climb. <laughs> Uh, a small bike, a pedal bike, and when I go on an e-bike, I'm just not a jerk. I know how to use it, and I know like the the unwritten rules of cycling. Mm -hmm. And I think people that have gripes on e-bikes, oftentimes they had a bad experience with somebody that didn't know any better. And that's why a business like mine is there. It's just to teach people how to behave on the trails and how to be better, safer. Uh, if they get faster, that's that that's a side product. That, that's a side product. But you know, getting them good experience and getting them safe and having fun out there, whether it's a pedal bike or e-bike. I think e-bikes are going to get pretty huge in the next five years. They're mm -hmm. they're already massive in Europe. Like in Europe, maybe sixty or close to seventy percent of the bikes sold are e-bikes. Wow. So it's coming here pretty fast, faster yeah. than people think. So I think it's it's time to not hate and create a dissension between two, but to be able to build a structure to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody has their place. I think e-bikes are, yeah. The thing is, I've heard great things about e-bikes for say, um, couples who want to cycle together, yeah. you know, you get one of the partners, you get an e-bike because typically the other is the faster one and the, yeah. uh, you know, one of the two is slower and hates it. And then you get an e-bike and then they're on an even playing field. And exactly. I, so I've heard good things about that, especially 
for those um, bike shops who rent e-bikes or rent bikes to couples, let's say, who want to go into the park and they've never experienced the park before. Mm -hmm. um, they have come back much happier as a couple when you put one of them on an e-bike. Um, I've sure. heard great things like that. And I've also heard that, especially Europe, like they just don't realize the speed and then the braking capacity that you need, like when you're going faster. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like, I think you're, you're bang on, like you have to kind of advance yourself to being able to control your bike. Mm -hmm. It's just like getting like, um, being oversold a really high-end bike when you're not yeah. a high-end rider you know they, oh, the, sure. the agility the the way it, it maneuvers and you're just not that type of rider yet uh you've been upsold and i see yeah. a lot of that in the club with ladies come in new to bikes and they've been sold this really expensive high-end bike well and don't know how to I ride have a, it yet. i have an opinion on that one um mm -hmm. when you're when you're beginning into the sport um you shouldn't be you shouldn't be sold anything so that's just marketing and it's stickers on bikes. however uh, really likes the bike and wants to buy something high-end by all means go for it and mm. what i i always joke about that is like people that or that own porsches they're not all race car drivers so you're yeah. allowed to have something that's really nice as well. And I see a lot of, anyways, I think I that's see a why lot they of give you well. a learn how to ride your Porsche or drive yeah, your well, Porsche that's, course that's awesome. before yeah, you yeah, leave yeah. the parking lot. Well, you know what? That's, that's what we need in cycling. So we need yeah. more initiatives like that. Just, okay, here's a super nice spanky bike. Mm -hmm. Just let, let's learn how to, how to use it. But I see a lot of hate again with people saying, oh, you don't deserve this bike but it's oh, okay. it's it's just stupid you know if you want to buy a five thousand dollar bike even even if it's your your first one by all means go for it do yeah. you need a five thousand dollar bike no mm -hmm. that's marketing pushing yeah. stuff pushing an agenda just buy a nice bike and if, mm -hmm. if you have the money and you're passionate about it buy a ten thousand dollar bike yeah good for you yeah. ride think... the crap out of it and have fun <laughs> I think this day and age, that's all that's left is a $10,000 bikes. But so let's go into yeah. how your season was last year and how you kind of really had to pivot your business because now you've got your own company and you have your, um, your psych, your mountain bike camp. So talk about, talk a little bit about your mountain bike camps and then like just getting into the the year last year because everything mm -hmm. shut down in March, which is like basically your planning time, right? You're taking registrations and things like that. So how did it work for you? Well, as I mentioned, I was I was with the national team for about ten or twelve years, mm -hmm. um, and that gave me a lot of time, a lot of free time. I had the luxury of having free, uh, of having free time to start a business as well. Oh, so. Okay. And my, like I said, you know, I really enjoyed technical coaching. And when I started my business, it was about 10 years ago. And there was a lot of people that were just getting into bikes as well. And people that have been riding bikes a whole lot, but they didn't have any skills. And 10 years ago, it was either you had spandex and you were riding cross country or you had a downhill bike. Now, 
the bikes are getting you know better and better and so there there's less there there's not two camps but when i started 10 years ago it was mostly like people getting into bikes and people that you know old school cross-country racers mm -hmm. and riders that wanted to have better skills uh now my business has grown um my focus point again is coaching technical skills and giving people experience so i have i pretty much have two pro uh, two products it's uh, group lessons or individual lessons okay and right now as of now i have about 20 coaches working Ooh. for my platform so that's awesome so a big uh, a big passion of mine was always coaching coaches certifying right. coaches and mm. you know getting getting people to get better at their coaching skills yeah. uh, being communication or how to teach and all the pedagogy around it so right now i, I get to have a business where i'm able to employ a lot of a lot of great coaches and i'm very fortunate about it uh, in the Ottawa region right now, I have three coaches that are incredible. Um, two Francophones and one Anglophone. And three girls. And they're actually incredible. They're super, super cool. So I, yeah. So I have all these, all these hubs uh, going. And basically, my job is to make sure that all my coaches know what to do. And they're all, you know, they have the proper structure. And they're really, really good at the... And afterwards, uh, it's my own personal coaching. So I coach a lot of groups. Uh, I'd say that 60 to 70 percent of my clientele to suggestions, and they want to learn. And mm -hmm. guys just figure it out. And I'm not <laughs> saying that guys are better. <laughs> Women are better learners. Thank and you. Guys, and guys are just stubborn. And they're just going, I can figure it out until I'm, until I give them a trick. And they're like, Oh, I wish somebody had shown me this earlier. I'm like, no, You're like, like, I think I told you that two years ago, but you were, you weren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But anyways, uh, a big, big part of my clientele is, is girls. And I, I do enjoy, uh, you know, taking guys out for rides, but uh, you're like, Hey, the boys are over there. The girls are here. And but it's the it's the perk of her, of my job. I'm surrounded by a lot of really cool ladies that want to ride bikes. So you know, hey. I'm not going to complain. Uh, yeah. yeah. So did so you that, see a so, surge yeah. of that this summer? Like more? Totally. Oh, I've okay. seen it uh, for the past four years. A lot mm. of women getting into cycling, and that's awesome. It's super good because yeah. usually it was a really male oriented sport, mm. and it it lacked a lot of diversity. But right now, guys are riding with their girlfriends. And girlfriends, their girls are really, really good riders. And I, I see it here in Vermont. Like, all my group of friends, you know, all the, all the, the, the girlfriends ride. And it's, you know, girls groups. And then you have all the clubs, like the Mud Bunnies and, the, and clubs like that. Cool. That are specific for, for women. And it's, like here, the, the Mud Bunnies chapter, I think there's 150 girls. And... They could have more, but they don't have uh, the resources. They don't have enough coaches. But well, what, yeah, you have to grow with your club. Like you can't just go for numbers. You have to be able to, yeah. you know, like you're saying, you need to have the the coaches. But, uh, but I'll to show you how crazy together. it is and how women uh, mountain biking has really, really grown. Uh, the mud bunnies when they open up their registration, within five minutes. 
it's all capped. So they have wow. like 150 because they can only afford like having about 20 coaches. Yeah. And the, the, the process is having girl coaches, but there, there's not enough girl coaches. So then there's like guys like me that, that go to coach the girls uh, with, the, with the club. So it's grown a whole lot. Um, trails have gone better. Uh, bikes are better. The entry into the sport is a lot easier than it once mm -hmm. was. Uh, before mountain biking was like re really technical terrain it wasn't dangerous terrain but it was a lot of rocks and roots and it was like kind of slow and sluggish yeah but now the trails are a lot more progressive a lot more fun and the access to the trails are easier and there's trail systems pretty much everywhere so it's not a it's not a dude sport anymore so it's very diversified and it's it's incredible so families women of all ages guys of all ages a lot of kids a lot of kids are getting into mm -hmm. mountain biking so it's starting more and more to get to get to a point where it's a mass adopted sport and that's where we have to that's my personal like mission is to yeah. get mountain biking to be more accessible to a lot of people oh no for sure it's the same with here um i'm not into mountain biking so i haven't seen that but I've seen the growth with road cycling this just this past summer. I mean, yeah. our club, Cycle Fit Chicks, was able to put together a, like a full season, fortunately. Well, I'm grateful because, I mean, we started planning and as soon as lockdown happened, we're like, oh my God, what yeah. are we going to do? Because we had, we had like over 100 ladies registered already and we're like, okay, how are we going to service this, these ladies? And we just started, we got to work and we were able to start July 1st. Uh, till the end of October. So we had a full four month season. But in that time, you know, so many more people got bikes and all these women's groups start popping yep. up everywhere and uh, not in a couple clubs and meetups. And I'm just like, holy moly, like, where did all these women come from? <laughs> and awesome. Like, I need them in my awesome. club. But yep. um, just like you, like we have to, or like, like the, the mud bunnies, it's, it's important to do your job well. Um, exactly. And uh, exactly. not to grow just because, just for the numbers. Like we, like oh, yeah. coaches, like for us as group ride leaders, right? How we need X number leaders to have all the group rides that we want for the different levels. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, and, uh, and making sure we have ladies moving up in the ranks. But um, exactly. developing coaches is a very, a very key point, and that's something that that we need to do more of for sure. Exactly, but yeah. you know, yeah, you, you asked me how how my season went. You know, it's with COVID and all that, and it's pretty. Mm -hmm. We had a great opportunity, and I I always see the the bright things of and uh, bright side of things. Yeah. Um, with not being able to work, I, I started coaching in June and I couldn't do group lessons. I could only do private lessons. So yeah. that gave me a lot of time to work on the structure and making sure that, you know, we have better process and just, you know, dealing with COVID and make me think like, okay, what we, what we took for granted, we can't do anymore. So I, for yeah. example, I couldn't take a client's bike and start working on it. Mm -hmm. So I had to teach a whole lot. I had to change my, the, the way I functioned. So that was a great opportunity. And 
the second opportunity, what I saw is like I'm talking to a lot of uh, of those um, of those regions and a lot of those uh, trailheads or associations and and whatnot, <clears throat> and it's a perfect storm for anything that has to do with the outdoors. So whether it's camping or hiking or whatever, okay? Exponential growth. So the fact that the borders were closed and the fact that people had to change and adapt. So you couldn't go to the movie theater anymore or you can't, you know, like you could go to, couldn't go really to, you know, shop in Walmart and all those things. So what happened is people turned into the outdoors and that was awesome. That was a great opportunity for us. And yeah. now we have, uh, well, we have a good problem that there's a lot of people and there's a lot of newbies and that puts a lot of pressure on the trail system. But yeah. uh, I think it just brought a lot of people together into the outdoors and enjoying sports. So I think that's incredible. And I think we're going to have a 2021. That's exactly the same thing. If the borders stay closed and if we still have regulations, I think it's awesome for people to enjoy the outdoors. And that's great. Great opportunity. I, you know, I, I love that because, you know, it, it does give a lot of other people like the chance to actually do something different. Like, yeah. oof, have you ever camped before? No. Well, Here's your opportunity because really there's nothing else to do. And um, I was just looking on um, the news and they're just saying how all the winter sports equipment have been flying off the, the shelves. And exactly. here, in, here in the NCC, they sold 4,000 more tickets to go yeah. into the park. 4,000. It's incredible. Is, I don't even know how, what the final total was, but that's 4,000 more tickets that they've ever sold. I was one of them. I live in the park, but you know, the girls were gonna go cross country skiing. I have cross, so I'm like, okay, I'll buy a ticket yeah. this year. I haven't used it yet because there's not much snow. Um, and then there, you know, like people can't come over and anyways, yeah. but, but it's just phenomenal, uh, you know, the, the numbers, you know? But the, the, the thing is that we weren't expecting that. And I think the structure, the sports structure mm. was not able to handle that influx of people. So yeah. again, uh, when you think outside the box and when you're quick on your feet, uh, a lot of people and a lot of businesses adapted and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it just gives more opportunity to people. I, I love it. I, I love the fact that you know, you, you can you can whine that ah oh, the, the the chairlifts are you know there there's a lot of uh, wait time at the chairlifts and everybody's going you know cross country skiing or downhill skiing and all and I'm like whoa that's that's incredible there's a lot more people that are taking the time and it's slowing everybody down because oh. when you don't have the time what's the first thing that goes out the window is your health and sports and now people have a little bit more time. It's a little less hectic and crazy, and people are actually taking care of themselves. Win-win. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that too. And uh, it it also like I I say, you know, this is a great time for us as cycling coaches or even mm -hmm. um, clubs to really put together a foundation to start recruiting people into, yeah. um, like especially youth programs, right? 
because there's exactly. no hockey, there's no soccer, almost, and yeah. um, and everybody's got a bike. Sports. Yeah, and so we can start taking those athletes away from that sport, and yeah. and you know start filling the programs that we're kind of lacking in the so i'm like okay who's out there doing something about that because we have to do something now yeah you know well um, when you when you're a business that's the that's a good thing that i was hinting on that one and that's a good thing about having business because you you're you're really agile so when you're a sports structure let's say you're i don't know on terror cycling or whatever it's it it's it's really hard you know to pivot and to adapt mm -hmm. but when you're a business it's it, it's awesome so right now yeah. for me the biggest, I guess the biggest hurdle is finding enough coaches and yeah. having and, and doing uh, enough coach certification. So once that is, is done, honestly, it's... Um, Did you put together your own coaching program? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay, so, so that's company, something that I need yeah. to do. So my company, Bike Skills, uh, basically what we did is that we put together a structure uh, and we more than just a website where people can go and book their coaches and all that. Basically what we're doing is we're creating a structure where we're kind of speaking the, the same language and we do things the same way. And the biggest things for me, honestly, it's always risk management. So mm -hmm. making sure that everybody has a positive experience and right. that if you're taking like 500 clients a year, well, there's 500 happy customers that are really hooked on cycling and that had a good experience and that didn't crash while they were with you. And after that, in their, no, it's true. Well, that yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like, for instance, if you tell me, hey, I want to learn how to jump, well, you could crash, okay? Yeah, yeah. But you start in that little bump over there and then we'll progress. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's making people uh, safer, safer out there in, the, in their personal practice. So that's, that's the goal that I've, I've set. Just have a good structure, good programs, and then, you know, hire and certify really, really good coaches. And the bottom end is that the bottom line is, uh, you know, giving clients a really cool experience, something they haven't lived before, getting hooked on cycling and making cyclists for life. So that's my, that's my personal goal. Oh, I love it. I love it, Ian. I'm going to talk to you further about that because I think this is maybe where I need to go mm -hmm. as a coach. And uh, I've thought of other things too, um, just from a perspective of true beginners, um, mm -hmm. because I have the site, like, like you, you have your club, you have your, your camps. So yeah. I have the, the means to take people from beginners Mm -hmm. And we've, we're creating a back end for like super fast. I, I can't, I don't even know what to call them. They're beyond yeah, yeah. advanced. Um, and, uh, but there's definitely that need to have, because I'm like a coach. I don't have more than me. I have mm -hmm. a couple other girls who I started racing with um, that I pulled in to help coach with me. But mm -hmm. there's definitely, like you saying, a need to, you know, recruit and build more coaches exactly. um, i love the but, fact uh, that you yeah. put together something but uh what's fun is that I, i'm transcending a little bit like the, the racing structure for mm -hmm. for me racing doesn't doesn't matter uh much or even at all so for no, me it's but all, it's the skills it's all user experience yeah yeah exactly yeah. 
it's the so, skills. I mean, you can race and you can be fast, but if you don't yeah. have the skills, you're kind of dangerous and you're missing out on a, a big portion yeah. of the whole experience and the whole um, sport. Exactly. Right? You but know, for me, it's, you know, that, that person that's, that wants to take up mountain biking that goes in the bike shop and that's kind of overwhelmed by, you know, everything like the, the equipment and the accessories and the cool guy that's selling the stuff and going to the trailhead and being intimidating, intimidated, intimidated by, you know, everything that goes on and all the cool guys, you know, right. So I, I want to offer a, a good entry into riding and into the sport. So I think that's my goal is just getting, getting people to enjoy mountain biking and yeah. offer a good entry into the sport. Yes. That's a little smoother than just figuring it out by yourself. So I'm doing yeah. a lot of beginner stuff. Mm -hmm. but funny enough, uh, all the beginners that I've, I've taught, they, they're now intermediates yeah. and they're now advanced. So mm -hmm. I'm covering pretty much the whole spectrum of, okay, here's the front brake and the rear brake. Yeah. And then going into, okay, let, let's hit something like super steep and gnarly and hit jumps and drops. So it's pretty much covering the whole, the whole spectrum, mm -hmm. but it has to start from somewhere. So it has to start with the total newbies yeah. into the sport that are growing into the sport and then creating a structure for that's inclusive for pretty much everybody. Yes. No, I love it. And our club doesn't, is doing like, I would say 90% of that. And yeah. that's where, um, whether it's, it's part of a club or maybe it's just my business plan. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. but it's like filtering people into the club. Um, yeah. And we always like, as soon as you register, if you're new to the club, you have to do like a four hour learn to group ride clinic. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. yeah. and yeah. And the let me tell you, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they have all the terminology and they've run through like an example, they're way further ahead than the, than the lady who's, shows up and has not gone through which you can totally oh, sure. tell the difference right and the safety safety level for us is huge so yeah, yeah i mean oh my gosh i'm so glad to talk to you sometimes i get you know i get shivers because you know you don't know who's out there who's doing great things and that's mm -hmm. what i love about this podcast because i'm like oh my gosh i speak to that person I, i'm like i really love what they're doing i love what they're doing and maybe we can collaborate or maybe these two people can collaborate and yeah. it's just a really great feeling. And uh, that's, that's one of the things that I love about this, putting this podcast together. Because um, I've, I've been in cycling like you. Uh, I started like 2000 with mountain biking, adventure racing. Then yeah. I went to road. Um, and I've been there ever since. I, I yeah. raced. I got the club. And now I'm um, developing coaching programs. Well, no, I'm not. But my business is on track to do. <laughs> like, it's awesome. So sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh. But you sound like you have a team, which is, it makes it a little bit easier. It's not a big team. It's me and my wife. But uh, <laughs> we, we, still, awesome. we still get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably you know usually keep it small. Yeah. But the, 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 the great advantage is that, uh, you know, I run a seasonal business. Mm -hmm. So as soon as, like I started, I stopped coaching uh, pretty much in October. So from right. November till now, 
what did I do? I, I worked on my structure. I wrote a lot and, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just, you're, you're just growing, growing your mm -hmm. business and growing your, your structure and your, your programs. Yeah. So, so that's a great, I'd say that's a great advantage, but mm -hmm. when it comes to the season, I'm pretty yeah. much on my bike for about 50 hours a week. Uh, and that's not counting admin stuff. Uh, I even counted like 50 to 60 hours on the bike coaching. Wow. So it's nuts. But ba basically what I'm doing is I'm coaching myself. So I, I'm coaching groups and coaching private lessons and coaching coaches. Uh, and now my consulting business has gone a lot. So now I'm pretty much working with trail builders as well to oh, offer... Cool you know, to, to make the, the link between a trail and what a person needs to know and how to coach that person. So mm -hmm. let's say building a blue trail, what do you need on a blue trail for that person to get better skills? Yeah. And what, did the, what does it take, you know, for let's say, for a trail system to offer good coaching? Right. So no, nobody is taught really about that. So yeah, so that's that is interesting. That I'm, I'm doing as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been an amazing interview, Ian. I am so glad that I reached out to you because I'm like, yeah, you sound familiar, look familiar. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure we probably crossed paths at some point. Hey, but, you don't uh, remember? You, you came to one of my camps. Okay, that's, you know what? You I'm came like, to Virginia with me. Yes. You, you and you know, it was funny, I'm like, is it that? But okay, you look way different back then. Dude, you spent like two weeks with me. <laughs> No. see i and i'm like is it the same ian because i was trying yeah. to think was it and and i looked at your picture i'm like okay maybe it's the long hair that was throwing me off maybe but i remember White long hair yeah you look younger no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> but i you know what but yeah I, it was it was when i was coaching pink quebec so yes I think it was, and the juniors uh, yeah, late, uh, I'd say 2007 or 8. It was in April because uh, yeah. I did. It was um, Virginia. Yeah, I remember because, yeah. and I was there to help with the girls. And yeah, uh, yeah that was like a nine days. I remember that clinic like it was yesterday. It was, yeah. and I'm like, that place was awesome. I remember riding so much and I'm like, <laughs> I remember on day seven, I'm like, I don't want to fucking ride anymore. Everybody had to ride, and I'm like, okay, this is not so bad. No, oh it's fun, but it's a, yeah, it's actually a cool experience because it's one of my one of my buddies, uh, Mark, that has a, that has that place uh, in Virginia, and he offers oh, training really? camps. Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know I don't know what he's going to do this uh, this spring, of course, and like everything is because his thing is mo mostly you know like grow groups. So uh, it's in Virginia. It's a, it's in this incredible setting, incredible camp. Oh, it's really um, cool. His if you want to look nice. it up, if you want to look it up, it's uh, it's centrifuge. Centrifuge. So, uh, and what is uh, it? Centrifuge. What is it in English? Like the the forces that. The centrifuge. Anyways. No, and it, it's um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Center. I, I, you know what, I. I was trying to figure centrifugal force. Yeah, because he he does a lot of cycling groups, and I was I actually look there to bring a group for myself there, and Mark Dufal does yeah. stuff there, and and I'm like, 
because I couldn't think of your name. I'm like, it's Ian or it's Hugh or it's Yan. <laughs> and then I was, I was searching around my emails and, and I'm like, where the, and I was trying to remember how I drove there. I'm like, it's a long, it's in Virginia. Uh, I think, it's I think it's you, off the highway. It's, it's a I kayak place. I think you came no. with us. Uh, you might. You, you no, might. No, I drove uh, there myself because. Oh, you drove there yourself. Yeah, because you were from uh, Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, because I had, um, I had a social for the cycling club chicks, and I basically I got in my car at 10 p.m. that night. I oh, drove dude, you, you you brought cupcakes. I remember. That. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I brought I do, leftover I cupcakes that. from the. <laughs> from yeah. the I have a, I have a pretty I have a pretty good memory. So yeah, yeah, yeah you and, did bring cupcakes. I, I yeah, I'm like here. And I resisted. Here's a coach. I didn't eat one. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even eat one. I resisted. Good. Oh, good. good for you. Oh my gosh. And yeah, that that uh, clinic was awesome. And oh my gosh. Okay. So geez, I just get kicked myself in the ass for not picking up on this because I'm like, is it is it him? Yeah. Same guy. Just, like, same yeah. Dude. Yeah. I gotta shave the hair. Oh, oh that's good. Mountain but, yeah, you were into mountain biking. I think you switched to mountain biking after that because that was that, were they that, the, was, that was a mountain that, bike junior team, that, right? That was, uh, so we were doing a road camp uh, April just to get the legs going, and after yeah. that, transitioning into mountain bike. Get the legs uh, going. I think you did yeah, exactly. more than that to the kids. And then yeah. one of the little girls is it Frederica? Frederica, um, who? Which one? Frédéric Trudel, yes. a small blonde hair. Frédéric yeah. Trudel, she went on, did some great, like some great races. Well, um, girls, girls that you that you saw at this camp, uh, one of them actually turned out incredibly well. Andréane Latien-Nadeau, uh, now she's part of the Rocky Mountain uh, race team for Enduro. So she was in a program for, uh, for cross-country mountain biking. And now she switched over to the gravity side of things and she's killing it. She got Wow. Third place okay, what's her name again? Andrian? Andrian Lantier Nadu. So if you just Google A L N. So that <laughs> Nadu. Uh, she yeah, A L N. So she's uh, she's ranked number three in the world in Enduro. Wow. And no, we had some incredible athletes. Uh, Andrian Pichette that had a great, uh, great career. Frédéric yeah, Fidel, you had some, uh, you had some great champion. kids there. I mean, yeah, I'm exactly. telling you. And oh my guys, gosh. Like, like I'm going to kick myself Olympians. for... Yeah, you, have two, you had two Olympians. You had uh, Leon Bouchard, who's, uh, I think, the best-ranked uh, male cross-country athlete in, in um, maybe even in North America. Leon Bouchard? Uh, Leander. Yeah. Leander. And, and you had uh, Raphael Gagné as well. So you had incredible athletes just in that crop in late, late 2000s. Uh, you had some incredible, incredible athletes. So, oh my God. Yeah, okay, we're... You're going to have to connect me with them so I can get them on the podcast. Say, hey, do you remember me? <laughs> Good boy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they remember you, but yeah. Oh, well, maybe they remember that camp, but that yeah, exactly. was so fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, Ian, it's been amazing. I like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> First of all, be. it's all good. It's <laughs> but I'm glad we reconnected because yep. that was like a pinnacle part of, I will never forget that, that training camp with the kids and uh, I just showing up. 
uh, but it was good because it was the first right. time that I was able to go there and as a female coach to help mm -hmm. with the ladies and um, I'd like to do more stuff like that mm -hmm. but um, anyways but that's, we've that's a thing you know what like uh, maybe that camp inspired you in a small way to just be better and have a bigger club and better better coaching uh, practices and more inspiration so that's what it's all about for me it's just inspiring mm -hmm not only participants but co inspiring coaches as well and just i remember watching stuff. those kids and i remember you guys did a three mile three kilometer test and you took yeah. lactate testing after that who is yeah. that who is that uh who was claude that? Lajoie. claude Lajoie. Shout, shout out to claude yeah claude Lajoie. So, uh, that's way back when uh, yeah claude Lajoie look him up man he's he's awesome he's one of my oh yeah like he was totally into doing all the the testing and uh the, exactly. the data and and he um he was uh he was working in a lab i think yeah uh, in for, yeah yeah for the university and he, was and he, still, he still does he still oh, does so he would be good to be on here too yeah. Okay. He's an incredible, <laughs> incredible teacher and he runs the lab over there. He's, uh, mm -hmm. he's really awesome. So that was, that touches a, a nice point where it was really, really fun times because, you know, mountain biking was at a point where it was still growing. It was yeah. still trying to figure it out. And what and year was I guess that? That was my best years when uh, so that was 2008 or nine, yeah, maybe 2010. Right. So in that in that area, but it was it was fun because you know you could you could discover and you can try things and fail and have fun. Uh, I guess when I started working with the national team, that's where stuff started getting born yeah. and very very sectorized. And you know you you shouldn't do this, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, and yeah. It was honestly like the Quebec team years. I was there from 2004 to 2011. That was, I think that's that where I lost contact with you. By far the lost, best coaching years. Yeah, because I thought I lost touch with you. Um, was probably after. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But so. yeah, good, good years. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh Working my God. Yeah. All right. And so then, we have to bring this. I, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah we have to bring this to an end because like uh we've oh, gone way over but if anybody like everybody go check out ian's uh page is bikeskills.ca you're in the montreal area the bromont saints of uh, all over the place all over the place you could just go all anybody can Quebec, go there um even and, new brunswick uh, oh. shout out to new brunswick all right shout out to Brent. so nationally you guys can come well. down and uh and take in his camp um but i'm also going to get shout out to my camp well i don't have a camp but i have an online cycling skills program four weeks awesome. and eight weeks and uh this is where you can come and learn the fundamental skills for road cycling um and uh so you go to cyclingskillspro.com that's for me and you go bikeskills.ca for Ian. So and if you want to get dirty, come to Bike Skills. Yeah. And if you want to stay clean and on the road, talk yeah. to me. There you talk go. about pedal form, downhill, yeah. <laughs> climbing hills. But you know what? If you're a mountain biker, and I started mountain biking, 
mountain biking is excellent, excellent for transitioning to road and <laughs> for skills. Oh boy. <laughs> I have to oh, throw that yeah, in there before we leave. <laughs> it's, yeah, right, right now I'd say it's, it's two different worlds. Well, know. it is two different worlds, two but planets. I can say without a doubt that my mountain bike skills help me immensely on the road. Like the no oh, fear, sure. the quick changing of gears. Okay, we this is a whole different topic. So we'll just have to bring it to end. Thank you very much, everybody. And thank um, you so much to our guest, Ian. And thank God we <laughs> I made the connection. Or, or sorry, Ian made me realize about the connection. So good, on, good on you. But anyways, I, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, knew I, was, I knew who I was talking to. But see how much I remembered about that that camp? Um, I remember the I cupcakes. Remember the food. As soon as you reached out, was I, I was going, oh, cupcakes. Cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> they were good. Those were catered, by the way. I just took everything that was left from that party. Um, and uh, <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because you're going to see so many amazing people on here from all kinds of levels and areas of cycling, um, mountain biking. Like, I'm just going to have everybody, like, cycling cycling world it's got so much to offer and thanks a lot again uh ian and um don't forget like i said subscribe put the notifications on go to my youtube channel this will be live there and um and so write you, have a review. To, you have to click like and subscribe click, like, go down subscribe everything and One make sure you follow are... both Hit of us bell. on Hit social media yeah I will be putting in all his links. I'm <laughs> just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I deserve it. <laughs> Click subscribe right. and hit the bell. That's right. Take care, guys. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.